You are listening to Muslim in Moderation, discussions on minority culture, identity and politics with Ali Ahmed. Mental health awareness is on the rise in broader society and within the Muslim community. However, the reality is many people are suffering and still not seeking the help they need. And that's mainly because mental illness is an area where there is still significant stigma. Breaking through that stigma requires more open and honest conversations about mental health issues. Episode 6 of the podcast features Dr. Sonia Ahmed, a clinical and counseling psychologist based in Toronto. I asked Dr. Ahmed whether there were any particular mental health concerns that were more common in Western Muslims. Well, Muslims experience mental health issues just like any other religious or ethnic group. It includes things like depression, anxiety, PTSD. However, I do find that Muslims will generally be more prone to have experienced discrimination or stress related to immigration and conflicts regarding their cultural and religious values as well. And that can predispose them to greater psychological and emotional distress. Yeah, definitely. I think there are a lot of real pressures that people are facing, whether you're talking about new immigrants or second generation And it's pretty difficult to navigate those without the traditional structures being in place. So when I think about why someone might not seek out mental health, one of the things I think might be going on is that there's a distrust or at least reservations with seeking help from a therapist that might not be Muslim. I definitely think so. There's definitely hesitation to seek out help with someone of a different religious background. The concern often is that the person of a not a Muslim background may a, not understand them or may advise them in ways that counters their religious beliefs. And this can be true um, if someone is, does not practice from a culturally sensitive, religiously sensitive framework. But sometimes the issue is just there are a lot of therapists who are not Muslim who are very willing to provide services that are culturally sensitive, really listening to someone's background, helping them work within their values. The issue is often finding those people that you can feel understand you. But also, there's often a perception among Muslims that we can't trust a person of not of our background, particularly given the climate of these days with a lot of Islamophobia going on, a lot of misconceptions about Muslims and Islam in the media. That also has to be factored in when it comes to Muslims in particular and seeking out mental health services. Yeah, you know, it seems like there's some barriers inside of the culture as well, not just about outsiders. One of the writers of a Muslim magazine I used to edit described some of the platitudes she got when she talked about her mental health issues. Things like, you know, you're rewarded for your struggles, or you're never given a burden too great to bear. And I think that had a really big impact on how she thought about her problems. You're right. I think there's also the way in which a person of a Muslim background conceptualizes problems in their life as a less test of our will and our abilities than they may see seeking out help as a failure on their part to pass that test, which is not the case. I think changing the framework and how we view mental health issues and understand that it's a health issue. And just like you would go to a doctor if you have heart disease, you would want to see a specialist if you have a mental health issue. And I think that is a, there's a lot of stigma associated with seeking out help, particularly because Muslims are often uh, backgrounds where they are concerned about you know their social image and acceptance. And to do anything that would put them at risk for not being accepted also would be concern for them seeking out help. Well, We know that, at least in broader society, attitudes are starting to change. Celebrities have come out and been pretty open about their mental health issue. 
Uh, a couple of NBA All-Stars have talked about battling depression. Have you seen a change of attitude in your community? Oh, absolutely. I think constantly saying that there's Muslims are less likely or South Asian Muslims in general are less likely to seek out help and there's also taboo is a bit older news because the majority of my clients are Muslim, the majority of my clients are South Asian. And um, I do know a lot of people who seek out help. They just don't tell each other. But I think there's more and more, especially as in North America, in general, people, as you said, celebrities or just common lay people are more willing to talk openly about their own mental health issues that they struggle with um, and are more supportive when other people come out. It's become the new culture of supporting each other, speaking out, being vocal about mental health issues. I definitely see it among Muslims. There's way more services that are focused on Muslims, way more Muslim service providers. And, you know, it's about people, again, viewing mental health issues just like you would view a physical health issue. People don't hesitate to say, hey, I've got cancer, I've got heart disease. So why do we hesitate to talk about things like depression, anxiety, which are equally, if not more common than a lot of these health issues? So I think a lot more people are more willing to talk about it, the fact that they go and seek out help. I myself have a psychotherapist. It's the best investment that I've made for myself, much like someone goes to a personal training to improve their physical health. I say like that's what my psychotherapy is like for me is to improve my own confidence in myself and improve my ability to be a better psychologist and to improve my ability to communicate with people and improve my relationships. And I think more people like myself are just coming out very openly talking about this. I wonder if it's a generational issue, because certainly I know elders who have dealt with some amazingly difficult issues, you know, immigration, displacement through war, not having professional credentials recognized, racism, culture clash with children. And sometimes the communities that they're a part of are a source of support, but sometimes they're also a cause for the anxiety. And you can see that there would be a lot more barriers for those people seeking out help, culture, language issues, things that wouldn't really be there for a younger population. You're very right. I definitely think it's generational because culture evolves over time. Culture is never static. And I think the culture has changed generation to generation. And, and I think the way in which the newer generation of Muslims think and approach mental health and relationships and seeking out help to improve oneself has changed since previous generations. And this is not just specific to, again, Muslims or South Asians or Asians in general. It's actually the same across the board for Caucasian individuals in the Western world where like one or two generations ago, people would still not understand how can someone other than myself or someone outside my family help me work through something so challenging and difficult, right? But we're kind of now in a time where more and more people are living in urban societies, urban cities, where there is greater emphasis on working on one's individuality and working on oneself. And keeping in mind, though, like seeking out mental health services and psychotherapy is something that is really specific to people in urban populations, nor mainly not in rural populations. Specifically talking about Muslim communities in North America, um, it's so different when you talk about Muslims in general and when you speak to Muslims in different countries where in rural areas and seeking out help outside of one's family. It's just a concept that's not there. But I think the concept is now increasingly there for the new generation of Muslims here in North America. I want to go back to one point we discussed earlier about the issue of finding a therapist that is culturally sensitive. One of the critiques of Western psychology and of law and a number of the social sciences is that the base assumption for these fields is that the subject or the patient has the attitudes, cultures, and values of a white middle-class man. So. There are concerns when you have a Muslim patient that perhaps their needs may not be met. 
Exactly. Most of the malls that have been developed have been developed by people who have a white middle class background and have been tested and developed on majority samples who are white middle class background. And so this is not a problem that's just specific to Muslims, but any minority groups that were not, whom by whom and for whom these models were not developed. So it leaves open the question to what degree there's cultural biases. And often when you are developing any sort of human intervention, any, any type of human intervention that's based in psychology, there's always cultural biases. Because how we define thoughts, emotions, behavior, how we define normal, healthy development of a human being is all culturally shaped from the very beginning. In the past, there was a lack of understanding among many clinicians in that they still sort of felt like, well, our models are universal. Um, The theories on on which our intervention models are based are universal. It's just that we might have to make a few tweaks here and there so it can be adapted and palatable to different subgroups. But I think there's more and more clinicians recognizing that we really need to go into the deeper basis of our models and theories behind our models to understand how what we already do is actually culturally circumscribed. The problem that we face sometimes is some people start to look at psychotherapy interventions as we just need to add something to make it culturally sensitive, or we need to create a different model for every different ethnic minority group. And that kind of perpetuates this idea that the existing model is universal and not culturally circumscribed. So often what I do in my work clinically and a lot of other, not all researchers, but a lot of other people who are clinician scientists is that what are we doing and how is that based on an individualistic Anglo-Saxon model of therapy? Not to say that this is not helpful, like because it was developed with a different group that would not help Muslims in general or South Asian Muslims or Middle Eastern Muslims. Psychotherapy is an enterprise that is very effective for many groups, but only if it is provided in a way that people are paying attention to the underlying theory. Can you give an example of a case where the underlying assumptions are not really that applicable? For instance, the developmental theories on which a lot of models are based is that normal human development involves a person reaching adolescent stage and individuating from their parents and moving out and expanding themselves. That kind of counters a lot of Muslim communities where they actually kind of see healthy development as a person growing to adolescent stage, staying connected to their family, involved, and only leaving their parents' house if they get married. You know, not all Muslim communities or Muslim families agree with that. Some Muslim families have a different attitude. But again, there are some families that feel like we are going to be a joint family. We are going to be very close to each other, spend a lot of time, and you really don't need to move out of the house unless you get married or you're getting a job or you need to go further out of the city in order to study. And that's not considered abnormal from a Muslim perspective, and it might be from an Anglo-Saxon perspective. That's a particular theory or a particular approach to looking at things that a person of a non-Muslim background might approach. But a lot of non-Muslims are kind of trying to become familiar with people of different backgrounds not subscribing to that approach. But that is one example of how we need to re-examine our underlying theories. That's a really good example because now people of all backgrounds are having to move back into their parents' homes for economic reasons. And that's causing a number of issues for both parents and their children and really changing the typical Western model of development. That's true. And that's a very good point. Because another issue that I've been seeing that comes up with someone who is not of a South Asian or Muslim background, another issue that comes up is sometimes they actually try to reinforce what they think the culture wants. Like you absolutely want to live with your parents because that's important to you. And the the person might say, no, that's not why. It's due to financial reasons, actually. So often, um, one thing I found a lot of Muslim clients express a concern is to be stereotyped. And this is where it gets difficult, some challenging sometimes to define culture and to define what we need to do differently in order to be culturally sensitive. Because 
it's partly we don't want to stereotype, so we don't want to say they're all the same. We also don't want to ignore the fact that there's differences. Dr. Ahmed, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Muslim in Moderation. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and give it a rating. A new episode will be out monthly. For guest profiles, episodes and show notes, visit www.musliminmoderation.com.